You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Morning WA, this is the World Football Programme. My name is Sean Kelly and I'll be with you for the next two hours. Thank you to Owen with Celtic Rambles. Um, great to see him in the studio. Known the boy for a long time, so uh, good to catch up with him again. And then in two hours' time, we've got Lenny with the Jazz Show. In the meantime, I will be basking in the awesomeness that is my co-host today, <laughs> A-League stats man, Pete wow. Skeeler. Good morning, Pete. How are you, mate? Well, talk me up. Oh, I'm very well, not? thank you. Even better after that intro. Hey, I'm, on, I'm on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, I like to have something different. So on today's show, we're going to start off with Robbie Thompson, who is a presenter with um, the 10 Network and Paramount covering the world game. Um, we're going to talk to him about a few things that are going on in the, in the coming weeks and mm-hmm. the, the future of 10 coverage. So that'll be interesting to hear. Uh, we catch up with Gareth Morgan, who is the media and membership man for Perth Glory, talking to him about the fan um, representative group, which is a a new initiative by the A-League, but Glory have got the Glory 10. We'll talk to him about them. Um, Apparently, they've got some very, very good people in there. I believe they do, yes. (laughs) And uh, then we'll talk to Greg Farrell, sponsor of the the radio programme with uh, Futsal WA, about the wonderful things that are happening in futsal with the wrap-up of the Superliga comp and a new comp coming up and state and national competitions. So it's all happening in the world of futsal. (laughs) And then we're going to finish off with Paul Lothorpe, who is one of the AWA... AWFA. AWFA. It's on my arm. It's on my shoulder, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, um, 
So the Association of Walking Football Australia, who organised a trip to Kuala Lumpur playing against some other nations in the very first Asian Pacific Cup and walking football in general. Um, great laugh and a good, good trip, so we'll talk about that. Um, in our Pick It Out of the Net session, um, now the one thing I picked out of the net this week, the Optus have been running a promotion for their EPL coverage mm-hmm. and what they've done is an 18-pass sequence by um, Tottenham that that uh, just epitomises Ange Ball yep. and they play it from literally from their goal line all the way up without anyone else touching it, just 18 passes, bang, and Son just bangs in his, his, the third of his hat-trick. But it is, it is archetypal Ange Ball. Um, they're raving about it. Um, you know, first manager to, to be tipped for the sack this season. <laughs> yeah, He's true. just won the EPL Manager of the Month. That's right. And he is lighting up the EPL. Who knew? We knew. We knew. Yes. Yeah, absolutely we knew. Um, Ange was always going to make a success of it. And uh, I hate Tottenham, but I do like to see Ange well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wish, I really wish that we'd have got rid of Moyes and put um, Ange in at West Ham. I think it would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, good luck to Tottenham. Um, so the EPL returns tonight. Uh, I think Wolves at home to Liverpool at 7.30 and then about five games later on in the day at 10 o'clock um, with um, West Ham versus City. So, yeah, yep. there's a bit Tottenham of Tottenham against like. Sheffield United yes. uh, this, uh, tonight as well. Yeah, so... You know, if the if the West Ham can do the job, could be a new leader of the league tonight. I I don't have a uh, preference in the Premier League. I have no you know ties yeah. to England or anything. So uh, I, I would say sort of a soft spot for Tottenham at the moment, specifically because of Ange. So, oh look, absolutely yeah. a great yeah. appointment by them. Um, you know, as, as much as I hate to see them doing well, I love to see Ange doing well yeah. and Australians doing well. And I think he's he's certainly lighting up that league. And it's. Um, it's a breath of fresh air, you know, and it's great to see all those people who say, oh, he's done nothing, he's never achieved anything, you know. Well, they were saying exactly the same thing on the Celtic forums when he was yeah. first signed to Celtic. Big heaps of humble pie everywhere, and, and I love his attitude towards the journalists. It's just great. Yep. Um, he chops them up. Yeah, oh, yeah, and I, I actually just shared a, uh, a link from him um, 10 minutes ago yeah. on, on our Facebook page uh, where he was talking... Uh, mental health issues yeah. Uh, uh, regarding, you know, what the players have to deal with. And, you know, just because you're a extremely well-paid footballer, that doesn't make um, other problems in your life just magically disappear. No. And then you see some other things that have been happening. Obviously, there's uh, the, the uh, Greenwood thing with uh, Man United. Yes, he's... Um, He's had some problems in his life, but he, he hasn't been charged through the court system. He's living with and supporting that, that woman now, and, and we can throw all the things in that, you know, she's living with her abuser and maybe it's in a co- coercive control situation. But he's a footballer, mm. and, we're, and people are trying to deny him his living and basically say you can't play football ever again for mm. anyone. Mm. Um, I think, you know, we've, we've got to be about second chances, and, and he has an opportunity now to... Um, denounce what he did, what he was, and um, I think that's the problem. Too many people don't worry about the mental health of, of himself. He probably doesn't have an awful lot of other skills in playing football. Yep. Um, if it's not in, in England, let him play somewhere else. But we've had lads come out to Australia who haven't been convicted of anything. There's been civil trials and there's been trials that have been 
not happened, and yet everyone starts using abusive terms towards them and denying their clubs. I mean, um, Subiet, no, Sorrento couldn't sign someone because of the issues. Yep. Um, and I'm not saying that we brushed them under the carpet. and We've got to also consider that the other end of this, there is a human being who's been through the legal system who hasn't been convicted of a crime yep. and, and has obviously um, some behaviours that weren't right, but we've got to give people an opportunity to change. Um, there was the issue the other day with um, Donny, Danny Hodgson's um, yes. person being released and a, a backlash about his release. I mean, that's, that's the judicial system. Everyone talks about a legal system, the justice system. It's not a justice system. It's a legal system where law is the primary focus, not justice. But mm-hmm. eye for eye doesn't work. No, true. That makes everyone blind. Yeah, so, you know, and I know Danny's left with a life sentence of his own, but we, we've got to do something with this youth. And I don't know what the answers are, but there's, there's got to be an answer. And, and he's just living in a cycle of violence that he's got to be able to break, but we've got to assist him in that. Yep, yep. Yeah, and I'm not saying he's a saint, but at the same time, um, you know, I think, um, was it Mahatma Gandhi who said that... Um, the true value of society is is valued in how we treat those who offend against us. Hmm. No, I didn't know that, but possibly. Mm. Could be a quote from him. Yeah, I don't know. Look, it's just a bit, bit deep for us. <laughs> <laughs> really deep. I, I thought I was as deep as a puddle, but there you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah surprised myself. Uh, anyway, lots of football happening around today. There's the um, state... Uh, MPL finals today. We'll we'll mention those in a, a little bit. Yep. We've also got the promotion relegation from the MPL to Divi One yep. and Divi One to the second division. Yep. Um, so there's lots of games out there. If you're out and about, we'll we'll talk through those as we go through the program. Um, I think the you might have to check for me, but I also think the ladies' cup final is oh, on today. I, I one, yep. think it's at uh, four o'clock, but. I could be wrong. All right. Um, where do we go from here, Pete? Where do we go? I think yeah. we need to go to an ad break and get I, Robbie Thompson I, on the phone. I think we do. So we can mate. go over the FFA Cup results. Yeah, look, there's some interesting ones there. Um, and, oh. you know, as, as the, the Shed song says, I still hate the Knights. I know. And that game they had was fantastic. And it, it just makes me I'm... feel dirty saying that. <laughs> but but so, so for anyone who, who hasn't yeah. followed the... the Cup. We're up to the quarterfinals. Uh, a Victorian Derby there, Melbourne Knights against Heidelberg. Uh, Heidelberg, we probably remember, did knock the glory out uh, a couple yes. of years back. Um, Heidelberg up 2-0 after about, oh, I think it was about 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, at 25 minutes, in fact. Um, Knights got a back goal back on the 29th minute. Uh, and then on the 90th minute, they equalised at 2-all. And then on the 96th minute, they, they got the winner to... Uh, to mm. To, well, to steal the win and make it through to the semi-finals. So, so far we know that uh, Melbourne Knights and Melbourne City will be in the semi-finals of the FFA Cup and oh, sorry, the Australia Cup. As and it's there's known two now. games. We'll talk to Robbie two about those games, as yeah. we go. Yeah, um, All yeah it's quite A-League interesting. Sides. I was talking to someone during the week about the the NSL rivalries and the great NSL rivalries, and in the very short time that Glory dominated that competition, there was mm. no bigger rivalry than us and the Knights. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that that last minute goal by Scott, Scotty Miller, where he did the aeroplane, just every time I think about it, it still gets the goosebumps <laughs> going. And I remember exactly where I was, what I was doing. Um, yep. Yeah, it's brilliant. It just 
Yeah, football does that to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good memory. And before, and then before you realise that 20 years have gone by. 26, yeah. 26. <laughs> no, it's right. It is frightening. <laughs> All right, mate, we're going to go our break. We'll be back with Robbie Thompson, who is a um, presenter with 10 and Paramount. Oh, don't relax. I want elbows and backs. I want to see everybody from behind. Oswest Fencing and Rotine is a fourth-generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Time. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. You're listening to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Join myself, Penny Tannerhoe, Pete Skeller, Sean Kelly and Hugh Best every Saturday morning in the 10am to noon space. You will hear football conversations with a range of guests and gurus. The show lands as a podcast on our website and you can subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening in to the World Football Program. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. So, Pete, as we were saying before the break, um, lots of action there in the, um, the FA Cup. Yep. And um, we'll talk to someone who covered one of those uh, very special games um, in Robbie Thompson from Channel 10 and Paramount. Robbie, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well. I've been, it's a beautiful day over this side of the, the continent. And uh, so I've already been up and about enjoying the... There's a bit of feel of summer and that means A-League just around the corner. Nice. Absolutely. No, look, it's not a bad day for football here. A little overcast, and uh, but it's nice. And, uh, you know, my age, any day this side of the grass is a good one. So <laughs> <laughs> happy with. Um, obviously, lots of football around the place. And obviously, if you want to ke- keep in touch with it, the place to do so is, is 10 and Paramount. But um, the FA Cup quarters are, are proving to be a very interesting uh, spectacle. Uh, two games happened already with two more to go. Um, the game on Thursday night uh, with Melbourne Knights and Heidelberg was an absolute cracker. Yeah, it was, it was a cracker on the pitch. It was one for the nostalgics as well. Um, Great to see two old famous clubs in a Melbourne derby, and it it had all the ingredients. I was I was keeping one eye on that one while commentating Metro Stars from Adelaide versus Melbourne City. Yep. And um, at two nil and seeing Heidelberg up, I thought, okay, well, it's a bit of a surprise, but that that might be that one done and dusted. But foolish thoughts because it, it was spectacular, absolutely spectacular. And both games in the end had ninety fifth minute winners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a controversial penalty in the Melbourne game? Mm. Yeah, probably just about. I mean, that's not my... I'm, I'm very strict on my role as commentator, yeah. which is don't, uh, <laughs> don't, don't get involved in that. I mean, I call the action. But Phil Moss, my, my co-coms, at the, thought, didn't think there was enough in it. I mean, you've, I, whichever way you slice it up, you've got to feel sorry for, for the Metro stars. I mean, yeah. they've... They fought so hard. They're an amateur side. I mean, they're a, 
there are teachers, plumbers, like you know, all these MPL sides that that were that train three days a week and they yep. get the opportunity. I mean, most of them have tried out for A League clubs and didn't make the grade for whatever reason and dropped down and kept playing for their passion for the game in MPL and and to be five minutes away from knocking off the three time defending premiers of your of your country and a, a huge team in Melbourne City. It was tough. And then, yeah, for the penalty in the last minute, I mean, Phil Moss said, look, there may have been a little nudge in the back, but you're talking about the 95th minute mm-hmm. of a cup quarterfinal. And so it's got to be, you know that it's going to decide the outcome. Yeah. And this, this, this decision is going to decide the outcome. It's not an early, tough call early on, opening 10 minutes of the game where either side can still fight back or do what they have to do. This is, this is a game-breaking decision. And in that respect, you know, you'd prefer that it was a stonewaller. Um, that yeah. probably wasn't the case. But look, referee made the call. I think that once the dust settled and Melbourne City didn't stay for the post-match dinner, which caused a bit of... A bit I of saw, saw the posts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apart, I mean, I think they'd be happy with the result. They're through yeah. the semis, which is what they want. And, you know, they're, they're one of the few... I think there's only them and Sydney defending champions left in the competition. Yeah. The hierarchy was, was, was respected only just. And, you know, that's the way it goes. Metro Stars can be proud of what they've done. They'll be back next year. They're an ambitious club with, with a great project, it looks like. on um, So, mm. you know, but it was dramatic. And that's what you want. It's cup football. Mm. Yeah, I watched Metro Stars play Armadale here last year and I thought they were a very accomplished side. They, they moved the ball around well. Good, Just a good footballing club. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite impressed by them considering where the, I think at that time they were in the, the, the second tier. So, yep. um, you know, great achievement by them and, and it shouldn't be um, ruined by um, a controversial decision. I'm still bitter about an invisible man kicking over Berisha in a certain <laughs> final in Brisbane. So, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, look, and that's, it's, it's the way the game goes. But a um, couple of well, cracking games this weekend. We've got um, Brisbane... Um, against the Wanderers. Yeah, against the Wanderers, against yeah. Western Sydney, yeah, tonight. Yeah. Uh, well, this afternoon. This afternoon, yeah, yes. Four o'clock. Yeah. And, um, well, even, at, well, just afternoon, you'll have just finished lunch out <laughs> west. And then tomorrow, um, Sydney FC versus Western United as well. So it'll be interesting to get a get a good look at Western United and obviously Sydney FC. There are a few new signings there, but today's game should be a cracker because I, I called um, Brisbane's win over Sydney United. Yeah. And this Brisbane side, you know, for, for where they've come from, they've taken some big steps in the last six months mm. um, to turn what was, you know, a, a desperate season around last year where things looked like, you know, they could hit really rock bottom. There's a good feeling around them. And the Wanderers, I mean, for a team that's, a bit like Melbourne City, has changed so much of its squad. I mean, all those big names, all those big stars from Western Sydney have gone, um, and they've been romping it in as well in the in, in the Cup so far. So that's, they're two attacking sides playing good football this afternoon. It's at Perry Park, which is a great little stadium in Brisbane where everyone's, you know, looking forward to... It's one of the rare football venues in Brisbane. So, so that's... That's good as well. It's got all the ingredients of an absolute cracker there too. Absolutely, and and for those who can't make it to the ground, um, coverage on on ten or Paramount. Yep, absolutely on both. Um, you can catch it all. Get on to Paramount if you don't have your subscription, because that's where you catch all the Socceroos matches, all the Matildas games, and of course all the all the A League as well. But you've got your matches on ten play in the Cup. Um, there's also the Asian Cup coming on. I mean, it's yep. the 
It's yeah. the one subscription if you want every single match and your Australian club is going to pay. So that's, I mean, we hear a lot of talk about, you know, and I'm not doing an, an advertisement here, but a lot of talk about how oh, I need this subscription, I need this one, I need this one to watch on my football. Yeah. If you want to watch your A-League club, this is it. It's in, in every competition and the national team are here. So, look, that's enough said on that. <laughs> oh, well, look, you never speak enough about it. Any way you can watch football, you know, um, we, we've got to... Our, our role is to, to promote the, where you can watch the game because, yeah. you know, the, it's bums on seats, as, as was proven with the Women's World Cup, that sells the game. And I know yeah, that the, the ticket prices between men and women and all the, you know, the money they make is different, but if we don't have a viewing audience, then there is no product to sell. So we shouldn't be ashamed of selling the product. I think that's... Mm. We're, we're, selling, we're in the entertainment business. We're selling, selling the entertainment, the... The people on the, on the park are the actors, particularly Barisha, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and then the, the commentary teams are all part of that entertainment value, the, the crowd noise, the shared, all of that is, is part of the game. And, you know, that's the product we're yep. selling. We're, we're, we're not selling um, participation. We're, we're selling um, entertainment. So um, at the end of the day, don't be ashamed of, of selling what you, you do. You, you've mentioned the age. Uh, AFC Champions League um, mm-hmm. that starts on Monday with the champions Mumbai um, playing, uh, and then on Wednesday the only team from Australia left in that comp is um, Melbourne City. So um, yeah, they exactly. they've got a home game on Wednesday. Yep, and it's their first home uh, Champions League campaign mm, as well okay. because they they were in it two years ago. Um, there were no, there were, well, it was a changeover period over the last two years where the one Champions League campaign or one Asian AFC campaign was spread over the two years yep. as they switched their calendar. So yeah. now the calendar, the AFC calendar is in line with, with the A-Leagues, which is much better for everyone. I mean, these games are coming a little bit early, perhaps. Our league hasn't started yet, but at least... You know, it, we're we're coherent with the start of our season, the start of the Champions League campaign or the AFC Cup campaign as well, and it's something that will build hopefully throughout the season. And of course, two years ago, Melbourne City played six games in eighteen days or fifteen days. Yeah, six yeah. games in fifteen days in a hub in Southeast Asia. Um, it wasn't ideal. Uh, it was a disappointing result, even though I think they played very well and probably you know were only within a whisker of going through to the knockout stages. But um, I'm re- very reliably informed. Everyone I've spoken to so far, whether it be at City, at the Mariners as well, and MacArthur, there are big ambitions for the clubs in the continent this year. And um, hopefully, I know we've, we've underperformed for so long on the continent. Yep. Um, not, and not without reason. I mean, there are reasons for that, and we can, we can get on to them in a, in a second. There's mm. one very clear reason, in my opinion. But um, Hopefully, the ambition is there. And, you know, the clubs have recruited. There are lots of new players. Hopefully, there are enough players to cover suspensions and injuries and still have quality on the pitch for these big games and not like sometimes in the past where we've seen basically a reserve team travel, you know, to, to, to play an Asian Champions League game. Hopefully, we all take it seriously and we get the rewards because we need more than one club in the Champions League and we need Australia to be respected on the continent. Oh, without yeah. a doubt, and I think you know, um, the as a as a nation, we've not really got behind the teams. We've not overly performed well, other than I think Western Sydney Wanderers. So certainly in their first season, yeah. did Adelaide had a good year as well. Yeah, yeah. they went to the 
to the final as well. But yeah, they're, they're the two outstanding campaigns that we've had. Um, and hopefully, you know, like like we say, hopefully this is the year. The big thing that gets me about this is people, and you say that we haven't, the, the fans haven't really got behind it. You know, I know it's not, we're not taking on, you know, AC Milan or, or Real Madrid. It's not the, 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 these clubs that have the same ring to them. But we're playing the biggest club in, you know, in Western, um, Eastern Asia now for, for the moment before yeah. the two confederate sides of the confederation come together. But these are these are these are these are big games, and the teams need the support as well. But yeah. the amount of travel involved for mm-hmm. the Aussie teams is astonishing. And I was just looking; I was just thinking, nowhere else in the world do you travel this far and be expected to play a football match when you know you're not going to acclimatise. You're arriving the day before. Yeah. You go straight to the ground. You yeah. have to walk around, maybe a light training session. Yeah. Back to the hotel. You don't sleep because of the the time difference and the mm. fact that you've just spent nine. Welcome hours. to West Australia. <laughs> That's what we yeah, do every, we, every other week. Plane, I know. Well, five hours in a plane. <laughs> you know, I was just looking. The flight from London, London to Moscow. Yeah. Three three hours and forty minutes. Yeah. Mm. London to Istanbul, three hours fifty minutes. Yeah. London Baku, four and a half hours. Mm. I mean, we're doubling that. Yeah. Doubling yeah. that to get to the closest game we can play. I mean, that's, yeah. that's crazy, and people don't understand just how difficult that is to play a football match. Then the next day, or after the game, you fly back, and you've got a game here. Yeah. I think you'll find anyone from, anyone from WA in any sports code will understand that, because that's what WA yeah, teams exactly. do week yeah. in, week Absolutely. out. Fly over, fly over to the East, five hours in a plane to Brisbane, and then come back home. So, yeah, look, it's I, I get it, um, and for certainly teams in the Sydney, Melbourne area, probably um, not something they're used to, but something mm. we're very used to. So I, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm very point. happy if Stadge gets if Stadge gets <laughs> us there because you know the travel yeah is Yawnsville for us. We just do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but the other thing is with with the the Asians Champions League this year more than any other year is the Saudi the investment by the Saudis in their teams and the, the you know there's a, a fair chance you do well enough you could end up playing Ronaldo and mm. some of the other players that have, have gone over like Neymar etc um there's some yeah. real real big names now playing in the Asian conference so um you know there is there is a Great tr- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's attraction there for everybody. No, but some of the best players from the, from leagues across the world and from different countries are now playing in the Asian um, Championship. So there is there is an incentive. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's exciting. I mean, that not to sell it again, but you know, the Saudi League is on Network Ten as well on Ten Play. Yep. <laughs> sell, 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 mate. No, look. Free. Anybody who <laughs> watches football, no matter what it is, where it is, how it is, we're, we're again, we're just building on the game. I can't get enough of it myself. So, you know, I'd rather watch football all day than watch Days of My Lives or something. So, um, you know, by all means, sell it. Network 10 and Paramount is where you will find it. Just remember that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, do you also exactly. cover the... And, Sorry, go on. Yeah. Uh, well, I was just going to say a little word about the, the Saudi thing. I mean, this this has always been the way. There have always been leagues that have had that have had money. I mean, yeah. I'm not talking about the the moral or the ethics of it. China, here, China did. You have China did exactly, mm. and took a, a number of the great players but yeah. at that time over there. I mean, I remember there was Hulk and yeah. and you know the Oscar and all these guys that were playing there. Levetsky played there as well. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Tevez so, was the highest know. paid player in the world whilst he was playing in China. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Mm. And that's the case now. Yeah. That's the case now. And look, for the moment, it's, these these things only become a, a problem when they're a threat mm. to, you know, the existing world order. That's why, you know, a, a Paris Saint-Germain yeah. ruffled so many feathers because it wasn't Messi going to into Miami where everyone watches it and goes, oh, this is great, isn't this amazing? Yeah. This is amazing. When, he, when Paris Saint-Germain do it, it's like, oh, look out, here we go, this is... Something yeah. dangerous to you know Real Madrid and mm. and Manchester United. And this, for the moment, we'll yeah. see how it goes with the with the Saudi league. But taking all these players, that's a, it's it's drawing a line in the sand and saying, look, we want to we want to play football here. Yeah, but as someone in Australia playing for a team like Melbourne City, what an opportunity! You know, mm. you could yeah. you could end up yeah, having absolutely. to play against some of those those big names. Anyway, Pete, you're going to say and something. This is how you learn. This is how you improve. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. the people people don't. I don't don't think understand it fully when you're watching it on TV and everything. But the the touch of these players, the players in the elite European leagues. And I mean, look at Aidan O'Neill said it before the Socceroos match, mm. saying, "Look, I'm playing in Belgium. He's playing for a big club, Standard Liège, or yeah. a big yep. traditional big club, and they've got amazing supporters. <laughs> Their stadium. I went there when Australia played Belgium back in 2014." The, the stadium is just spectacular. It's, it's you know, it's a cauldron. And, um, you know, all of that is great for our players, whether it be, you know, the opportunity for our A-League players to play against these guys in Asia, the chance for our young players to go over there and play and train with these players, whether it's in Asia or in, or in Europe as well, can only benefit the national team. That will trickle down. That will benefit our domestic league. And everyone wins. Absolutely. Uh, Robbie, I was also going to ask, uh, this year we also have the Australian teams competing in the AFC Cup, sort of like the second tier um, Asian yeah. competition. Uh, the Europa League, if you like. The exactly, yeah. perfect way to put it. Um, and that also kicks off this week with MacArthur away in Myanmar to Shan United yeah. and Central Coast United, uh, sorry, Central Coast Mariners away in Malaysia. Are they also covered on 10 or Paramount? They are. I'll be calling the oh. Mariners game on Thursday night. I think it. I think it starts at no Wednesday night. Wednesday yeah, night, twentieth uh, September, and yeah. it kicks off at I think ten o'clock or ten thirty in the evening. Now I've I... already been having a look at Terengganu FC, who are their opposition from yep. Malaysia. Yep. Abbasad is a, is the interim coach at the moment at the Mariners, and of course he played a long time in in Malaysia, so he should know them know them well, and that'll be an interesting one because we don't know what's what's really happening there at the Mariners at the moment either. No, true. Um, I have to also ask, because I've always wondered this, so with Central Coast playing in Malaysia, do you as a commentator travel to Malaysia to commentate or are you still in a studio in um, Australia? Unfortunately, I am in a studio okay. in, uh, in Australia. And I think, you know, I mean, I've got a lot of... This is, this is the way it is now all over the world. I remember when I was living in Paris for so long, um, the great Martin Tyler used to call me up every now and again because I worked with him in Euro 2008, mm. um, for another Australian TV channel <laughs> back in back in the old days, one yep. that still shows uh, still shows football, a very good station, a great servant to football in SBS, and um and then, and then from then on, Martin would always say, "Look, I'm I'm coming to to Paris for the Champions League," and then about you know eight years ago, stopped getting those calls, sent a mm. message, and now all the Champions League is commentated in London now, okay. in a in in booths. So even you know until you get to the final. Of all the the big games, all the the TV channels, everyone that used to fly around. I mean, now it's technology is there. It's not the same for us commentators, 
um, you don't see as much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't see what's going on and you don't get the feel for the for the action. But unfortunately, that's um, the reality of the, the situation at the moment. We're, we're more and more off tube. Hopefully this yeah. year, I think I've had a look at the, the planning and the roster. We've got a few more games in the stadiums. Um, which is good, and I'm heading over your way to Perth, of course, for the for the Matildas, the oh, yeah. uh, yes. Olympic qualifiers as well. So that will be absolutely fantastic, and I hope the crowds are there to make it worth everyone's while. Well, I think everyone here who hasn't got a ticket is hoping that they move it to Optus, That's, although it's yeah. not a, a football stadium. It's get big enough to get the crowds in, and you know, um, I think they've already oversubscribed their their ticket sales for HBF. So yeah. Um, it'd be great to see it in a, in a bigger stadium, and and the demand for the women's game at the moment is um, paramount. Yeah. If a, pardon the pun, but, <laughs> um, but you it's know, ten out of ten. We, we, we've yeah, exactly. We, we've got to get on top of this. We've got to make most of it whilst we can. So I think it's um, it's great that we're we're doing this, and hopefully the the game does get that move because it'll be good for the game. Absolutely. No, the bigger, bigger the better. Although, I mean, we had this conversation last week as well. We also want it to be a football environment. I mean, yeah. Australia, yeah. the Matildas should have enough for the, yeah. for the opposition. It won't necessarily make the difference like it, like it could have done in the World Cup. Oh, no. Um, you know, having that home crowd, Australia should be, should be too strong. But it's also a great chance to celebrate in that respect. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's better you get as many people as possible through the, through the gates. I mean, that's... You've got to ride this wave, don't you? Absolutely, and I think you know. Look, um, I think post COVID, obviously the um, the technology that you can basically call a game from your living room is is good in some ways and does reduce the amount of travel you have to take. But you know, mm-hmm. even as a, a fan, being in the stadium is such an experience and far far superior to being <coughs> at home. You know. Um, the, the Brisbane final with glory, you, you could actually feel the wave of noise as it, mm. as it went up and down the park. Um, and as you say, within, within the stadium, as a commentator, you can see things that the camera isn't picking up on. And, yeah. you know, the, the other commentators around you, you can see all of that. So you, you get a, a much more dynamic feel for the game. But look... Absolutely. It, I think the, the biggest good, thing, the biggest thing, Sean, is, is the fact that... And this is what I think about every time when we have these conversations about the game in Australia and the, the we know the fans are there they love yeah. watching it and they watch the English Premier League they watch they get up at four o'clock in the morning and watch the Champions League you know and that's great but you don't get that feel no matter the emotions you feel watching it at five o'clock in the morning with a coffee in your in your hand yeah. watching mm. it on your on your TV is so different to standing or sitting in a seat in the stadium and that energy and that and the, emo- and the emotional people, experience want, yeah exactly yeah. exactly and if you want to if you want to in in experience what you think you're watching on TV and thinking wow that looks amazing you know those crowds in in France in Italy in Germany it looks I'd love to be a part of it just go then it's here yeah. the A league is here and you've got you've got you know active support you've got other supporters you've got you can you can live that experience and those emotions Right here, do it. It may not be in, in a crowd of 80,000. It may not be watching, you know, Holland or Mbappe. But the emotion and the, the experience, the football experience, is tenfold when you're at the ground. And that's what I'd, I'd love for people just to understand, that, yep. you know, it's, it's the going there and the experience of fo- live football is so different to watching it on TV. Watching it on TV is great. Go there, it's a million times better. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, moving into the upcoming um, season for the A-League W and the um, A-League in general, um, mm-hmm. obviously, Ten and Paramount are, are the, um, the broadcast sponsors. So um, is there a, a, any changes in, in coverage of the games? Are we... On the on the back of the Matilda's success, um, going to get more W League games, and you know, is, is there anything in the pipeline? Well, every single, yeah. Well, for this season, like it was last year as well, every single A League women's game is going to be free and available on Ten Play. Yep. So it's and it's starting with the opening round. I think is the Sydney Derby, and it's yep. going to be at Allianz. So, and, you know, hopefully we'll get a, a huge crowd there. There's no other football on. It's just the start of the A-League women. The Oz Cup final is on the 7th, so yep. mm-hmm. the week before. The A-League men start the week after. Then we've got the Matildas the week after that. So it's a great period. October's going to be a cracking month for the game. And that Sydney derby then, hopefully, you know, pushing 40,000 again at Allianz. It's going to be on Network 10, free to air to start the season. So it's a big... Celebration, and it's going to be. I'm, I'm reliably informed. The full grand final um, production. So all the cameras, all the bells and whistles. Um, so if you can't get to the game, it's going to look great on TV. Um, Theo Pelizzeri, who's there's not a more knowledgeable women's commentator in the country, is calling the action of that one. Dub Zone will be back as well. So that's the new. Um, social media coverage of the women's game. We're not sure in in exactly what format that will be. And then for the men's game, which starts then uh, a week later, um, I'm reliably informed. Now, I can't say too much because we've been bitten and burnt over the last (laughs) three seasons, but I'm, I'm reliably informed there will be further developments with the Paramount Plus app. Yeah, okay. I, I am very encouraged by those three words um, because I've, I've heard a little bit more and in what uh, direction they are heading, but I can't say officially yet. But um, if, you, if you interpret my words, it sounds like it could be what everyone's been waiting for. Yeah, look, there's, um, there's been in some... In terms of the app. There's been <laughs> some fan feedback in, in some of the, um, let's just say the the enhancements that people would like to see within the app. So hopefully the yeah. developers have listened to it. I think most of those things yeah. are, are pretty I mean, the, yeah. easy Look, to put standard in. Now. Yeah. We have to, everyone knows what we, what we need to provide. In terms of the broadcast, um, which is really good, you know, we brought in like uh, the Optus stats and the more advanced ones like XG and this yeah. sort of thing and, try, and, and possession and controlled possession and these oh, sort of new Pete's new all about the stats. Of, <laughs> Pete loves yeah, his stats. Exactly. I know. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Pete and his stats as well. I forgot to tell him. I'll say it now on air. <laughs> Thank you very um, much. Because for us commentators, um, those tools like aleaguestats.com and, and your the other one, Ultimate A-League, as well as a fantastic website. But there we need those. We need that that um, support for the game as well. So fans, if you're, if you're wondering how to find out more information about who did what for how many minutes? Yeah, um, you'll, you'll Pete's your man. Yeah, exactly. Pete's there on, on A League stats, so that's a great website. So yeah, I'll get that out of the way as well. No point. I'm happy to do that kind yeah. of advertising. Oh, thank you very fantastic. much, Robbie. Um, and we're going to have a player index this season, like the Paramount Plus player index, um, running throughout the season, and that's using harnessing all the Optus stats, so giving us a sort of statistical number 
on who's performing in the games and making a difference in the games. So this is another thing that fans mm. will be able to to get their heads around and get uh, get behind. It'll change, you know, it'll be updated during the game. It's a little bit like XG. It's putting stats and figures on performance. I so sounds brilliant. Break I mean, it down and make it understandable. As I said, yeah. anything that brings people into the yeah. game and it can be enjoyed by so many people in so many different ways. And I think, you know, obviously yourself, Taylor, and the team, um, great commentators calling great games is what we need. And, you know, the the little foibles within the, the apps just can be ironed out and make things so much better to, to us enjoy the spectacle yeah. of football um, Look, really look forward to talking to you and Teo in the future um, and thank you to 10 and Paramount for, for what you do in promoting the game so um, we'll look forward to seeing all of those games and getting red eyed in the morning after getting up at 3 in the morning but that's how it goes <laughs> exactly yeah. Fantastic! I was up at five this morning watching PSG lose my old team. So you know, I'm still uh, I'm right there in the trenches with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Thank you very much for your time, Robbie. All right. Have a good weekend, guys. Enjoy you too. the Oz Cup today. And Will tomorrow. do. Ciao. See ya. Cheers. Okay, that was Robbie Thompson, Ten and Paramount. And while we're talking about television, yeah. <coughs> it's also worth mentioning. Uh, Matilda's FIFA World Cup matches have been added to the anti-siphoning list. Yes. So. Theoretically, at least, they should always be on free-to-air. They won't get locked behind a paywall. Um, the rules are a little bit disappointing. So men's and women's matches in the World Cups uh, have been added. Uh, and qualifying matches at home in Australia have been added. So, unfortunately, it means if Australia is playing away against Japan in a qualifier, that's not guaranteed to be on free-to-air. But if we're at home against Japan... Again, it should be on free-to-air television. So Great news. It's a, it's a good step in the right direction. All right, we've got Gareth Morgan coming up next. He's on the side of the road waiting for a tow truck, so we'll get into that as quick <laughs> as we can because when the towie turns up, he'll get busy. He'll but get we'll, be, we'll be back after these. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. You're listening to Community Radio, powered by passionate football volunteers just like myself. You can appreciate the entertainment by becoming a station member. Hi, I'm Phil Kelly, Chair of the Football West Men's State League Standing Committee. Listen in next for Western Australian local football news. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Okay, Peter, there's lots of action out there at the State Football Centre this morning. We've got the um, MPL final between Red Stars Red Star and Macedonia. Macedonia, and then we've got um, Perth Glory 
playing against Bayswater in the 21s and I think the Perth Glory 18s are also in action. Someone who'll know because he wishes he was there <laughs> instead of on the side of the road with a, a car with smoke pouring out of it is Gareth Morgan who joins us now. Gareth, good morning. How are you, mate? Yeah, good morning. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, I uh, had better mornings, but at least the 18s are winning. Thanks to the joys of technology, I've been watching on streamer and they're 4-2 they're up at the moment in a, wow. in a bit of a thriller against Sorrento. So it's going well so far, even without me being there. Excellent. Excellent. No, look, it's good to hear that the boys are going well. And I think both both those academy sides have done extremely well this year. And it's good to see they're going on with it in, in the final. Um, you've had a massive lead up to the season. There's been lots going on, on and off the park. Um, obviously, with the... the the MPL side, but also now with the the senior side, um, obviously appointment of a very good coach and it's paying dividends already from what I can see. Um, but also off the field, there's been a development within the A-League and within the clubs themselves who are backing fan representative groups and Gloria have got on board with that. Do you, do you want to just talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it was a league-wide initiative to... You know, obviously just increase, I suppose, fan engagement and fan involvement in, in some of the decision-making. I don't know whether it was prompted by uh, what's happened about the, the grand final decision. I imagine it probably has. We, we all no, believe no. it was because fan cult- yeah. consultation didn't happen. Yeah. And then when they no. announced it, there was a massive backlash from the fan group. So, it's, it's look, it's a, it's a fair call. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's probably probably what prompted it. I don't think there's much doubt about that. I don't expect APL to, to confirm that was the case, but uh, certainly there were, there were that could have been handled a lot better, I think it's fair to say. And I understand that the sort of cynicism around fan representative groups, I, I totally understand that, that people might be sceptical, but I definitely think it's a, it's a step in the right direction. Um, I'm certainly personally you know, very much behind it. I really want it to have a, a meaningful role and not just be some sort of you know, talking shop that people just discuss things and nothing ever happens. I desperately don't want that to be the case. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. We've got some excellent people on the group, including yourself, Sean. So, um, unfortunately, I missed the first meeting last week. I was away, but I understand it, it went well. And both head coaches plus Anthony Radish, the CEO, were yeah. in attendance. Um, and some discussions were had there. And then presumably the next time we have a, the first meeting, as it were, we'll really get down to, to business and start you know, getting some stuff done. Look, I, from actually being there, a couple of things really struck me. One was the openness from the club about where the club actually sat and what was going on um, behind the scenes and on the park and, and a, an open admission that the maybe the, the club and fan base weren't connected as well as they should be. And I think that's something we've all felt for a while. But the club were very open to listening. And I think that's from the A-Leagues as well. When you go through the the point of the FRGs is that they also have contact with each other and the the A-League. But also I think it's interesting because we've got a representative on there from the Shed Supporters Club and we've also got someone from the Australian... um, Football Fans Association. So we're starting to to go away from independent groups that were um, started by individuals into something that's a bit more coordinated with an actual direct line to decision makers at club level and at the A-League level, which I think has been sorely needed because as much as um, David Winkless and the boys in the, the Shed Supporters Club do what they do, there's been no 
official connection between them and the club and them and the A-League. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I think we've we've certainly, the links now between Glory and the Shed supporters um, group are much, much closer than they have been for some considerable time. Um, and Dave certainly played a, a key role in that. But, you know, I, I think the point you're making is exactly right. They, they represent, um, you know, a very important part of the fan base. They don't represent all of the fan base by no. any means. Mm. So it's very important for everyone to have a voice. It was an open application. You know, anyone could, could send their application in. Um, it wasn't as if, um, you know, it was restricted in any way. So I, I like to think we've got quite a diverse group now in place in terms of the, the elements of the fan base that they represent <laughs> and yeah hopefully it'll it'll be something that, that works you know really well and, and I think the point you made as well earlier is exactly right it's about the club listening these are not meetings where really you would expect the club to be doing too much talking it's more about the club listening taking these ideas on board and, and hopefully reacting to those in the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think Anthony made the point that it wasn't for the club to define how that the Glory Ten, for for the term we use, is um, is run and what they what is their their terms of reference. It's it's about that fan representative group developing what they believe they are, and then the the club is is supporting but not controlling, which I think is a very important part. That's right, exactly. You don't want anyone sort of appearing to be just, you know, like a almost like a club stooge. That's that's not yeah. going to benefit the club, and it's not going to benefit anyone involved uh, in the group either. And like I said, I I, I totally accept there've been various sort of initiatives that have gone on over the years that have perhaps not been particularly successful. So it's inevitable that there's a, a degree of cynicism and scepticism. You'd expect that, mm. but hopefully we can uh, we can you know just establish this as a like you said a, a genuine a genuine group that raises genuine concerns from within all aspects of the fan base and you know, that those concerns are acted upon as much as possible by the club and the league then as well uh, when, when they're raised at that level too. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see now that Danny Townsend is looking like going to Saudi Arabia that mm-hmm. um, what happens in that, in that sphere. But I think, you know, it would be... Um, it's a good thing to have the, the clubs have FRGs and for those FRGs to have contact with the A-Leagues so that that, that crossover isn't lost. But mm. um, I think as much as he's, he's a, a polarising figure, um, <laughs> no, look, he's, some people love him, some people hate him. But, um, you know, I thought he was, he was good for the game. The, the one decision they made is um, obviously a contentious one. And now we've got another story... Uh, developing that they may try and ditch that and replace it with a magic round, yep. which if they are going to replace it with a magic round, will require people to back that trip over to Sydney because obviously the tourism New South Wales paid 12 million bucks to have people go to New South Wales. And if you don't have that um, happening, then there's no value in them for the, for the sponsorship. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I, I don't know, just off the top of my head, I wonder if that was to be the case, whether it's something that, you know, the shed might, the tour of duty might be something that they could, you know, they could coordinate that to be to be part of Magic Round. I, I don't know. But no, I've, I've got some ideas on that that would, um, from a club level, I think really is where that needs to be. And there's, there's um, a whole thing you could run with a, a package that would just yeah, yeah um and I, i'll talk to you about that through the frg but i think you know 
it'd be more club sponsored and more club organized and i know for you and lou that's a nightmare because you're already <laughs> working 28 hours a day but um it's something that we need to look at because I think if it's backed by the clubs rather than an individual supporter group, I think as much as the shed do a fantastic job for the shed, um, there's a number of people, and my wife included, who doesn't want to sit in the shed and throw beer around. But, um, you know. No, I, I think that's a, yeah. I do. I think that's a, a very fair point, Sean. I do. Now, just I'll just give you a roadside update. The toey has now arrived. Okay. Um, <laughs> so... Um, I don't know whether I might try and take this out of the car, whether the, the audio might not be the best. but um... Fine, we'll, we'll, we'll give that a crack because I want to talk to you about the, the um, family day tomorrow because yeah. that's going to be another big day. All right, well, I'll tell you what I might do. If it's okay, I might jump off yep. and then potentially jump on. I just need to get this organised and then I will be back in touch. So apologies, apologies to everyone. No worries, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Sean. All right. So that's... But one of the vagaries of, of live radio, a man <laughs> on the side of the road with Interrupted his car... Interrupted by a tow truck driver. His car pouring smoke out of it, and yeah, here we are talking to him. But no, look, I think um, from my perspective, the very first meeting with the FRG was interesting. Yep. Um, there is a, a diverse group of people there who have one unifying thing, which is the love of the game and the love of glory. Um, you know, some of them are mum and dads who obviously in contact with the... the um, junior game there's um, a couple of people who involved with different avenues of the adult game yep. so we, we're covering all sorts of diverse areas and also there's a couple of us who got an interest in disability access so yep. you know again we're making the game accessible to everybody I, I feel one of the problems that the a-league had or, or one of the things that let the air out of its tires was hard to believe it was 10 years ago but 20 2010 sorry 2013 2014 yeah. It was going gangbusters. We're averaging 15,000 or so, you know, across the yep. league. Um, now, there were a few incidents with fan behaviour, but nothing massive, you know, flares going off and whatnot. And I understand yeah. that, you know, they're trying to draw a line, say you can't do this, you can do that. But they, the, the FFA cracked down too hard, uh, and uh, that's what let the air out the tyres, and, and suddenly yeah. it started to just... Get a bit stale Look, and it's because... interesting because you you've got the the glory shed obviously yep. were, were the were the um, architects of all of that support. I mean, yep. back in the NSL days when when glory came on the scene, no one was ready for what the shed did. Yep. The shed really um, just activated the whole league, and then when the A League started, you had the RBB and all these other yep. entities uh, emerge. The problem was it was an uncontrollable beast. And as mm. you say, there, there were elements within that that um, started to, to um, wreck what was already built. And yeah. uh, the Shed were always on the edge um, with their creativity of songs and some of the choice of language <laughs> and some of, yep. Those, yep. some of those still exist. But then there was around about that time a very um young element that entered into the shed who had a fascination with the sea bomb which is not what you want to be hearing when mm. you're bringing your kids to a game yep and i think you know trying to control that um from from a distance is very difficult for clubs so this sort of engagement with with those bodies is good um and you don't want to take away the spontaneity and what have you. I mean, I can remember when Kombutzianus got in trouble over East and he came back and played for one of the Melbourne-based sides where we were singing songs, you know, we're going to rob a bank and yep. things like that, and who's going to drive us? So <laughs> it was fun, you know. It yeah. was There was an element of, of humour in it and, yeah, it was always 
risque and on the edge. But some of the other stuff, and, and particularly some of the misogynistic chants and things, have got no place in today's society, yep. and we need to get rid of those. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to get rid of the, the cheer when the, the goalkeeper's taking a kick. No, no, and I've got no problem. But that's part of, of legend now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, um, yeah, look, I think we, the flares and the violence and everything else, yeah, we need to get rid of that. Um, and I think it's, it, the media do make the, the most of it. Um, I've, I've been stood in the shed where you've got the, a full shed and two fans in Sydney shirts stood there in the middle of it. And, and the worst they get is a, who are you? And, yeah. yeah. You know, there's, there's never any aggravation in, in the shed. There's well, maybe one or two little... I've, I've seen aggro in the shed, but it was between two glory fans. And, yeah. and that was just drunken idiots. It's the same thing you get. Oh, I thought one of them had a cowbell or something like that. <laughs> That's justifiable homicide. But <laughs> No, no, I think, yeah... But this this whole point of the FRG is to um, obviously involve the fans in that, and I think if we'd had that up and running, and Danny Townsend had come to us and said, you know, look, this is what we want, we'd probably gone, no, that's yeah. not what we want. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the ironic thing was the the FFA at the time was then trying to promote the A League with you know shots of the fan, yeah, the fans, and you know the crowds going off and everything. It's like, well. You're cracking down and telling us not to do this, and then you're using it in the advertising. Look, isn't, and I, and I think right what they need to do is have a basis where they re- rewarded the the good and not the bad. Um, I'm just going to give Gareth a quick call back. Okay, and uh, I think with Danny Townsend possibly going off to the Middle East, it's quite possible Sydney might end up hosting the Saudi Arabian Grand Final as well. So there's something for you. Um, this Sunday, as mentioned, and we'll hopefully get straight back into, but this Sunday is the Family Fun Day in Fremantle at the Fremantle Esplanade. So the Gloria having that uh, between 11am and 2pm at Esplanade Park. That's Marine Terrace in Fremantle. Everyone knows where the Esplanade is in Fremantle. Uh, inflatables, games, food trucks, merch outlets, and a chance to meet some of the players from the men's and women's teams. Uh, proudly presented by Zambrero and City of Fremantle and... I think now we're just going to repeat we've all got, that again. We, yeah, no, we've got Gareth on there. We've just mentioned about the um, Family Fun Day tomorrow um, on the Esplanade. Looks like an absolute uh, fantastic treat for the family. Yeah, it should be an absolutely fantastic day. Really looking forward to this one. Weather forecast is great for tomorrow. So it's running from 11 until 2 down at the Esplanade Park there in Frio. So both squads will be down there, our A-League men and our A-League women, plus the coaching staff as well. They'll be presented on stage, I think, around about 12 o'clock, and they'll be available then for uh, selfies and autographs and, and so on. There's inflatables and games and face painters and giveaways, and you can also, and I know you might be availing yourself of one of these, Sean, you can also grab the brand-new kits, the home and away yes. kits. Yes, I was going to yesterday talk to you about those um obviously the um the launch yesterday fantastic kit looks really good uh, i don't know what the back of the away shirts look like because i did like the the city silhouette yeah. on on last year's strip um but the the kit itself looks great the only thing that's really missing is a sponsor on the men's kit but obviously with ownership issues that's going to be in the air for a little while uh, but the ladies kit with the sponsor on the front looks fantastic yeah, I think the reaction's generally been very positive. I'd say probably about 75, 80% positive. Obviously, you know, you're never going to never going to please everyone no. uh, with the kits, but um, the players certainly like them. I think the the collar on the away kit mm. has gone down very well as well. A lot of people quite like the uh, the actual collar rather than just the round neck that's on the home shirt. So yep. 
yeah, hopefully they'll hopefully they'll they'll sell well. A couple of nice kids, and we had a lot of fun with with the players doing that shoot earlier this week. They really got into the spirit of it, and we've got plenty more pictures to come out. We did some sort of lifestyle shots and things like that. So, and it, uh, oh, I, I can't you know, believe a, you. A fashion connoisseur like yourself, Sean, you'll be all <laughs> over those. I couldn't believe you got a picture of Tash. It wasn't dynamic. Um, you know, that, keeping that girl down is, is a big <laughs> job in itself. But um, cl- glad to see that in the paper today, there was a nice big picture of the kit and the, and the players. And, you know, I think... We we fight for column inches, but you know to to get that in the paper today was was a real win, um, and I thought the most interesting thing in that was um, young Collie has um, let his natural hair colour through. Yeah. Yes, I, I didn't quite catch all of that, but I know you mentioned that there was a, a picture in, in the West today, yeah. um, which is fantastic. I mean, fair play to, to Ben Smith. Been really really good to work with Ben. Uh, since he's come into that role, as it was with, with Nick Taylor, his predecessor yeah. as well, just so really worked hard to make sure that we have a, a good relationship with the West. Uh, sometimes it can be a challenge to get content in there, but we, you know, do my absolute best to try and get in there. And I haven't actually seen it today, so that's, that's good news to, yeah. to hear that there's a picture in there today. I know, nice big picture as well. Um, but Ben, yeah, terrific young man. Um, he was, we've had him on the radio station for a couple of years. So, you know, we, we know where the talent lies, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no, look, it, it's great. And I think, you know, the, obviously with the, the new signings, um, Alex Ipicus has done a great job since the end of last season to um, sign, sign women. I thought it was a positive sign that he was signing players all the way through the close season. Um we showed that there was a positive air around the club, and then since Stadge has arrived, we've we've managed to to do the same with the men. Mm. And I see his influence has already started on the women's team because there's a young Filipino striker who's yep. now a glory player, which is is great. Um, and from that FRG meeting, the one thing I did get was that, despite the fact that there was no overall owner was a positivity around the potential of the club and what the club could do um, with what we already had. And the only real issue, and it's a, a real um, concern for players, is that the incoming owners share the vision of the coaches. Mm. And, and both coaches are supremely ambitious. Um, you know, Stad was talking not just about winning the A-League. He wants to, to win the Asian Conference. He wants to play in the World um club championships and play against the best players in the world. So, you know, I loved that his yeah. ambition didn't stop at the shores of Australia. Yeah, I do think, uh, I genuinely do think we're very fortunate to have the two coaches that we have in place at the moment, in, in Alex and uh, Dad. Uh, I do like the way that the squad are coming together. As you said, Alex sort of did his business throughout the off-season, whereas yeah. Dad's is a bit more concentrated obviously due to the fact that he came in a little bit later than Alex. I was down at training, women's training on Thursday, and they're looking very, very good. As you mentioned, that the two Philippines World Cup players have come in, Guzada and Jess Cowart as well. They look very good. Some good local youngsters in there as well. Georgia Cassidy particularly impressed me at training uh, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we've retained uh, the core of the side as well yeah. with Izzy Kometa and Tash and uh, also uh, Liz Anton. We had a chat with her. That'll yeah. be out. Uh, this weekend, and this was looking playing extremely well, having come back from the World Cup with New Zealand. So they're shaping up well. The men's squad is coming together. A flurry of signings again mm-hmm. this week. Um, 
you know, obviously there's some late signings coming in. But, uh, yeah, I, I do think I think the squads are coming together nicely. And the men had you know, some outings, had three good hit-outs already. And more to come, including the trip down to Bunbury, which we're yep. all particularly looking forward to on October the 1st. And how are we looking on memberships? Um, you know, obviously the, the last few years haven't been the best and the membership has kind of dwindled because of that. Um, is there an upward trend or are we starting to get people back in the fold? Yeah, I think it is starting to build. Now, Sean, as you said, it's, uh, you know, it, it's been, it has been quite tough for the last few years. I know that the Liberty Pass has gone down very well. I know that uh, yep. hundreds of those have been, have been snapped up already. Um, and I think it's sort of a, a steady climb as far as men's and women's memberships are going. I don't have the exact figures no, to no. hand, unfortunately, but... Um, yeah, I think they're I think they're building, and I think now that we've sort of made these signings and the squad has come together a little bit, and the fixtures are out, I think we'll start to see memberships accelerating. I would hope over the next couple of weeks as we approach the start of the season. Oh, absolutely, and I, and hopefully the the ownership issue is resolved before the the first ball of the season is kicked. Um, but you know we've got to trust in that process. I know that Anthony's highly involved in it, and that there's. The most important thing is there are multiple people interested or multiple consortiums interested in in, in running the club. So um, I think, you know, the future is bright. We've just got to get behind the club and, and um, work together for the success that we know we can be. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think from a sort of personal point of view, it's just a question of, you know, those sort of decisions are out of our control. They'll, if the sale will happen when it happens. And yeah. You know, at the moment, it's very much business as usual. We're extremely busy. Everyone's preparing for the season. So you just sort of get your head down, focus on that and work, and, and what happens elsewhere happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Gareth, thank you very much for being on air. Thank you for your you and your team, as in Lou, um, for what you do. And uh, look, look forward to talking to you again or someone from the club later on in the season. Lovely. Thanks very much, Sean. Have a great weekend. Cheers, mate. See ya. So, Gareth Morgan from Perth Glory. Um, as I said, there's, there's a real positive vibe around the club at the moment. And that's that's good to hear. Yeah. And as as we were discussing before the show, uh, we seem to be signing a few Western Sydney Wanderers players as well. This is the men's team. Yeah. Um, so, Oliver Bazanic has uh, joined the club. Uh, Jared Carluccio. Yes. And Antonis Martis, who interestingly uh, qualifies as an international player for Cyprus as well as Australia. Yes. He's... He's captained the Australian under-16s and he's also made an appearance for the Cyprus under-19s. So. Yeah, and look, signings from both ends of the spectrum. Mm. Um, Bersanic, 34-year-old, yeah. um, very, very experienced defender and I don't think that that's a bad thing to have in, in the side. He's going to be able to step in and look, we've got two 33-year-old defenders that are very good. Yep. Um, but maybe susceptible to copying a couple of reds in the season. So we need that coverage. Yeah. But also a very gifted and young player. Um, so we, we, we're heading the right direction. And I think when you look at what Stadge did with the Philippines, um, you know, I've got some hope. He's, he's very, very complimentary about the, the youth players that we have in the club and, and them coming forward. Um, and I think with his brand of coaching, they'll, they'll respond extremely well. So yeah, it's good to good to see. Yeah, and and as mentioned, um, the, the the glory uh, youth yeah. are in the NPL under twenties and under eighteens, yeah. uh, not cup finals. Um, you know, top four finals today. So again, that only bodes well for the glory long term as well. 
Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm very distracted, but a young man's just walked into the studio wearing a West Ham shirt and we are absolutely massive everywhere we go. Good on you, son. I don't see anyone. No, well, he's out there, mate. That's wearing his West Ham Can shirt. Can anyone else is see it? this person? Or he's is in the just, other studio, yeah, mate. Okay. No, well, so. we are everywhere. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to go to a break and we'll be back after this with Greg Farrell, who is from Futsal WA and lots of really good things going on in that space as well. So back after these. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels, all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432-745-140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Cristiano Ronaldo. Hi, I'm Peter Skeeler. Everyone seems to think I'm the ultimate wingman and full of helpful information. It's true, I am. My passion is trivia and Australian football statistics. Check out aleaguestats.com, my website where you can follow all the stats and results from the men's and women's A-leagues from the beginning of time, or at least 2005 and 2008 respectively. You're listening in to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle and we appreciate you tuning in. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. There we go. Oh, now I sound a bit better. All right, let's let's run through that again. Okay, um, uh, promotion and relegation between NPL and First Division. Mandurah City at home today against Fremantle City. Fremantle won the first leg 2-0. And Sorrento at home against Joondalup United. First leg of that was a nil-all draw. The date of the final, it says TBA, but I'm assuming that'll be next weekend. Uh, and then in the promotion and relegation between First Division and Second Division, Swan United at home against Subiaco AFC. Subiaco had the took the point, well points there, so to speak. Three yeah. one in the first leg, and Maddington Kalamunda White City against Curtin Uni. Uh, first leg of that finished one all. Yeah, looking a very big game that one. Um, Maddington, yeah. their first season in the state league. Um, yeah. Very, very good. For my money, the best footballing side in Division 2. And it'll be interesting to see where we go. Um, Jundlup over at Sorrento is also an exciting one for me. Um, mm. Free entry if you're going up to Windy Hill to watch that game. It's free okay. entry. They've got a lot of things going on up there. Um, for Jundlup, do or die cup final. Um, Sorrento expected to win that. Yeah. Um, I love those games. Yeah. You know, you've got the underdog who's expected to lose, who's got nothing to lose. Um, and Jindlup capable. Yeah. 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 So, and then Mandra, 
Um, although they are two goals down from their game against Fremantle, um, very, very good side. Um, one of the best strikers in the league in Joey O'Brien, more than capable of sticking a hat-trick in if he wants to. So, look, if you're not doing anything else, get yourself to one of those games. It'd be a, an absolute thriller. Alter, yep. Absolutely. All right, someone else who's used to having a belter every week <laughs> is Greg Farrell, who is with Futsal WA. Lots of good things happening out there with the um, Super League finishing up and state trials and all things. It's all going on out there, Greg. It is. How are you guys? Good, mate. Yeah, absolutely loving it. We've got um, junior rep team trials happening at the moment. I think yep. that was probably the, the sounds you were hearing just before. <laughs> I don't mind football sounds, mate. Make the, yeah. It shows that it's an honest show that's running live and you know, and the, how busy you guys are out there, which is you know, great news. Yeah, it's really good. I think we've got about 45 kids at the moment down here yep. for the uh, 11s, 12s and 13s age groups. Um, nice to see faces enjoying themselves. Absolutely. Now, those trials started yesterday and today, and I believe that there's a continuation next Saturday for those that missed out for whatever reason. Yeah, so we had the, we had the first ones last week, um, but obviously with outdoor football finals and all that sort of stuff, um, club breakups and things like that, there yep. was gr- groups of players who were unavailable, so we're making sure with across three weekends we're getting everybody being looked at yeah, no, that's good, and and lots of from what you're saying, lots of people involved. But um, you have a good representation when you take these these guys and girls over to nationals, and and last year did extremely well in the nationals. I imagine you'd want to improve on that this year. Yeah, well, it's, there's always um, situations with different age groups where you are looking to to progress them as they move along. Um, We've got we had a, a very very good group of ten year olds who made it to the grand final. Um, we've got a couple. I think our under fifteen girls who last year were actually predominantly fourteen, mm. uh, and they they won the the fifteens grand final. So mm. we've got some very strong groups, and we've got some groups that are a little bit newer who just going away to the tournament getting experience at that level is going to be a big thing for them to then bring back here and and look to continue their development yeah absolutely look in any way you can play the game is great but there's you know futsal's a a great game for your touch and 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 the speed of movement um and obviously you can get to play professionally now as a number of people have through your system yeah and that's that's the biggest thing is that we cater to everybody we've got um Players like Zoe Spadano, who is over in Italy, and uh, one of our players, Chaz Houston, has just come back from Malaysia, where he was he was trialing for uh, with a couple of professional clubs over there. Mm. So those pathways are definitely there. But we've got the junior representative sides. We've got the Super League with the for elite level players from seven year olds upwards, mm. and we do then we do then cater to the social side of things as well for yeah. people who just want to have a kick around with their mates. Yeah. Yeah, I was in um, KL a couple of weekends ago myself and didn't realise quite how big the the game was over there, as in futsal. Um, One of the clubs that we went to, there was a a big factory that had been closed down during COVID and they'd taken the opportunity to convert that into uh, futsal pitches and uh, done a marvellous job of it. 
but uh, the game is so accessible over there, and it's a it's a big big sport in in Kuala Lumpur. Oh yeah, it's it's enormous in in Asia. Um, yeah. obviously, obviously, places like Spain and Brazil, it's it's the first thing that they do before they actually play outdoor football. They play futsal, mm. and more more countries in Asia are adopting that approach. And as that happens, there are more players from the juniors moving into the seniors who then want to be specifically futsal players rather than football players. Yeah. And it's it's having a, a huge benefit to the game at all levels, but specifically at the higher level with you see the the improvement in the Asian countries in the, the World Cup and the, the Asian Cup um the futsal tournaments because of the amount that they've really prioritised in the last 10 or 15 years. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, it's a it's a sleeping giant. And I know that there's um, they don't have the sort of money behind them, but uh, yeah. I was involved in a work, walking football um, competition and we actually had the Malaysian sports minister come out to open it. So, you know, they're, they're keen to get um, ahead of the game and, they, and they're keen to get the funding. So... You know, they will at some point be um, a powerhouse. I think. Well, and that's if if you look at the the trajectory of the sport, it it's only going upwards. Yeah. Mm, the yeah. growth the growth in the game here in Australia is reflective of what's happened around the world, and as as always, we're a little bit behind um, with getting assistance from football associations, but we are getting there. Um, and the, the more, I guess, the more assistance that we get in spreading the word, the more players that we get playing, and there are benefits across the board. You see the improvement in outdoor football players as well. Yeah. Playing mm-hmm. from playing futsal is, is huge, and you only have to look at players like Katrina Gorry from the Women's World Cup, yes. who, who was a futsal player for the first 15 years of her career, mm. and, and, and a, a very, very good one. Um, her, her movement, her timing of things with her technique, a big part of that comes down to futsal, obviously. Yeah. A ridiculously talented human being as well. Yeah, that um, helps. But, yeah. but those, yeah, but, <laughs> but those developmental situations where you're constantly having touches on the ball, having to move and make space for yourself, all of those decision-making processes are really, really big in futsal. Oh, absolutely. And you can see the benefits to, on the outdoor field as well. Because you're, you're in a very tight space, so making space is a key skill for futsal. And, you know, um, you notice that you can, by letting the ball just run rather than touching it, um, you can make space or you can feign to let it run and then touch it. it just just what you're doing with, with the ball, very close movement, can make a big difference to your space. So yeah, look, it's, it's a, it certainly improves the the touch of an outsider. So that's you know outside football player. So I think it's great. Um, now you've just come to the end of the football Superliga winter season. Um, so that's closed out. Lots of um, awards winners, and talking of which, you've got your awards for that next Friday night. Yeah, so the awards night is on on Friday the twenty second. That will be a, a good night at the Hyde Park Hotel. Um, we've got the, the junior presentation up first and and then the seniors. Yeah. Um, and then the summer season will get underway in, I think, about five weeks, four or five weeks' time. 
Yeah, and look, price is reasonable. Um, you know, if you want to take the wife out, pay uh, 25 bucks, um, finger food all night, buy your own drinks. Sounds like a good night out. It does to me. It won't <laughs> well, to the wife. If, 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 you'd, if you'd like to come down and, and be involved, you're more than welcome. I'm sure there'll be a few friendly faces that you'll know around the place. Absolutely. Yeah, no, look, it, it looks like a big night. And I see the ads running for it, so that was um, interesting. And then, you obviously, you've got the Super League starting up. Um, so you, your teams for that are, are pretty well sorted, or are you just seeking, seeking more players, or are there um, teams within that that are seeking one or two more uh, players? Oh, yeah, there's, all, there's always clubs that are looking for players, especially on the junior side of things. I think with the, the Men's Super League of this season, there's 16 clubs. Uh, in the league with the women, there's there's eight, um, and, and I'd say a lot of those a lot of those sides are sorted. But it's it's more the reserve grade teams, and then yeah. down into the twenties, the twenties, and the and the socials, the yeah. And, yeah, and so on. Those, those junior teams where clubs are always looking for more players, definitely. Absolutely. Now, post World Cup, are you seeing an increase in interest from from young girls? Yeah. So we. We've actually done, we did a, a lot of work over the last few years to promote the female side. And last season we had the under 20s, the, the 15s and the 13 girls competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen a growth, especially on the width of the senior female side with mm-hmm. some of those younger players moving up. Um, and the, the younger teams, I think, are now going to have bigger squads rather than only having teams of five or six. Yeah. They're likely to have sevens and eights and nines um, and we've got more younger ones in the 13s and 15s especially which is exactly the target audience that that we need to get them playing because then they're the ones who in the next few years start to progress yeah absolutely um, and I think that's that's where we, we need to be headed um, you know the, the World Cup has had generate massive interest in, in the women's game, but we, we've got to facilitate that. And obviously with the, the way your season's run, um, you'd be the litmus test for that. And then hopefully um, with your outside football clubs like Subiaco and Red Stars are, are starting to pick up more young young girls wanting to play for the following season. Yeah, well, and I, I think that will be something that we will see in the next month, how much progress we did make and also then once well clubs are already starting to put out expressions of interest and all that sort of thing for players and last off season in sort of september october november we did have quite a big rush of 13 14 15 year old mm-hmm. female players and it will be a very very big testament if we can get even bigger numbers yeah sort of absolutely the, the women's world cup so venue wise you don't have any issues um keeping up with the the demand? Uh, We are getting close to capacity, most definitely, Um, but we're in discussions with a couple of different venues um, to be able to open up and and get more games. And it's it's the same with with Subiaco, with the number of teams that we have in the the outdoor side of things there. Um, We're always looking for more facilities and opportunities to get players on the field training. Absolutely. Now, switching back into the um, the women's game, there's um, the state 
uh, NPL finals that are on today at the State Football Centre. Um, you've got Red Star and Perth FC facing off for the top four cup final. Um, what's, what's your take on that game? Um, I was a little bit disappointed that it ended up on a Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't um, very well advertised. And no, it being as how the women have played all season on Sundays, I uh, actually set up all of our trials on Saturday to ensure that a lot, a lot of players could be there. Well, we had the women's trials last night. Yeah, um, and then to find out last week that it was on Saturday was a bit disappointing, and there was no real advertisement of it. Mm. Um, I had to find out secondhand from players and, and coaches, so it would have been nice to see that sort of thing advertised several weeks ago on the football web. Well, Facebook I think once they once they knew the final was going to happen, even before they they had um, the teams in it, it would have been known that they're going to hold it at the State Football Centre and there could have been advertising that the, the games would all be on that day. Um, and obviously now we've got the... Um, the first team final is at 4.15 for the MPLW. Um, so that's the, the ladies' game with the men's game at 7pm. So a big day of football out there, but um, as you said, just a little bit di- disappointing in the publicity for it. Mm-hmm. But um, Yeah, yeah cons- and, and I think the, the, the game, it's like the games itself, especially the, the Red Star per soccer club game, should be a cracker with Red Star having had another really consistent season and Perth Soccer Club, like there's been a lot of talk about Perth Soccer Club having a lot of injuries, but they've essentially had 20 first team level players in their squad. Yeah. And even if they've lost seven or eight of them to injury, they've still got more high level MPL players than probably anybody else except for Red Star. Yeah. So yep. it, it's going to be a very, very high quality game. And. It's like I said, it's a little bit disappointing. I'm not going to be able to be there, but we'll be watching once it's being televised. Um, it is available on stream. As Gareth Morgan, who was um, supposed to be there watching the Perth Glory 18s and 21s, was stood on the side of the road waiting for his toe. He was watching on stream, so that is yep. a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and that that certainly will be a thing. I think for quite a few people, because getting to the game. Uh, hopefully a lot of people do turn up and get down there, but the the beautiful thing now is that the games are live streamed, thank God. Yeah, absolutely. No, look, and I think it's a, it's a, an opportunity that's not missed, but an opportunity that could have been promoted just a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, brand new centre, brand new people. Um, so, yeah, hopefully in the... In the um, the, the wrap-up of this, that they'll look at that and go, yeah, you know what, we, we know it's going to be held here on this day. We could be advertising that the finals will be held on the Saturday, even prior to the season starting, to be honest. Um, and then that yeah, way well, everyone, everyone knows. Yeah, well, and there's also, there's going to be a state team game against Perth Glory coming up. Yeah. And I know clubs were notified last week, um, but there hasn't been an announcement by Football West of the squad or anything put up online, whereas I see Football Queensland, Football New South Wales are advertising games between the the state teams and Brisbane Roar, and I think they're doing one against Western Sydney Wanderers. So, like, it's not a difficult thing to put a a post with a a graphic up, and I think that's something that, especially on the female side of the game, needs some attention. 
Yeah, absolutely. Look, and the thing is that we we did such a great job in the World Cup. We don't want to drop the ball now because there's there's people hot to watch this and and want to be involved. And I imagine there's players that um, would love to know whether they're in in the squad or not. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's obviously something we need to just work on a little bit more. And and you obviously got contacts through the state league standing committee that you can uh, put up. So um, yeah, look, it's it's just feedback to to football west about areas we can improve in yeah well and that that's the thing like they've they've done such a good job with so many things yeah but it, it's just making sure that things don't slip through the cracks i guess yep making sure we keep everybody as informed as possible all right so now for your futsal um everyone can get hold of you via your web presence or your electronic presence yeah most definitely we've got uh the website, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we haven't yet gone to TikTok. <laughs> yeah, um, well, you, you, I think you need to work in your active, dance moves, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, that it's, it's been an active thing that I've been avoiding because yeah. someone someone showed me, and I did try one, and I think I actually hurt my knee doing it. So we'll <laughs> probably stay off of we'll stay off of TikTok. But uh, yeah, there, there's all the different social medias and, and websites and that sort of thing. So um, we are plentifully available yeah all right mate um look thank you for what you're doing in your your space there it's a a very dynamic area it sounded like you're really busy out there and you're going to be busy for most of the day um i hope you get enough time to go and watch one of those finals it'd be be good um but uh, look forward to talking to you further on in the season mate yeah thank you very much then you have a really good day you too buddy cheers bye bye all right uh, just an update for uh, the under-18s. Perth Glory won the top four cup final 5-3. Yes. Yeah, I've just seen a, a message on my one of my feeds that, um, yeah, we'll score one more than you. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Look, and I think it's, um, it's good that we've got some very good and talented youth coming through the system. Yep. And obviously from that, it's, it's not all in the Glory side. There's um, other teams that oh, are... Yeah, of course being pushed by them to, to push up. And I suppose that's the whole point of it. And I know through the, the senior side that when those uh, older boys go through their system, um, some of them go on to be professionals either here overseas or over east. Quite a few of them stay here. And yep. the, the state sides benefit from that. So, right. you know, we're it's a long road, but we'll get there. Yeah. All right. We're going to have... I'm going to have to clear all this first. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to go to a message and, and pick up Paul. Is there anything else going on that we've missed, Pete? Oh, there probably is, but I don't have anything listed at the moment. Wow, what help are you, really, honestly? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know why I keep you on, to be honest, <laughs> other than your stats. So I thought it was great to um, for Robbie to to give you the, the, the credit that you deserve for what you do um, yeah, on I was that side. honestly surprised and, and humbled. I was, um, was not expecting that. No, it's great to hear that the 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 guys that are actually commentating on the game are reliant on the stats that you put through. No <laughs> on, pressure on, on hobbies, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on no, no, doing stuff as a hobby. Yeah, but obviously they they're commentating on the game and they they've got their professional side of development yeah. to do, and yeah. they they are reliant on on hobbyists like you to collect those stats and put them up. Which yeah. you know, I suppose when you were doing it as a bit of fun for yourself, you never thought of, but at the same time, it's it really is good. Yeah, true. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely happy about that. Absolutely. All right, mate, we're going to go to a break and we'll be back with um, 
Paul Lowthorpe, who is a member of the AWFA. Um, that's right. That's yeah, what's on your shirt. I uh, could read it upside down and back to front as well. Um, who is involved in walking football and uh, a, a game we played in, or a few games we played in Malaysia uh, not so long ago. So we're back after these. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. For football's sake. For the sake of our registered players. There's 37,000 of them. For the sake of the game. For the sake of the dozens of high achievers who are already flying the WA flag in the world's best football leagues. For the sake of our visitors from Asia and beyond whose cultures are woven through football. For the sake of Perth Glory, the state's A-League team, which aims to inspire the next generation. For the sake of the mums and the dads, the fans, the followers and the football faithful who are steeped in the most popular sport on the planet. Football needs a home. Football deserves a home. Every family needs a home. For football's sake, The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Yeah, no, just a little bit of nostalgia there. That was the campaign that was oh. run for the State Football Centre. It's up and running today. So, That's you know, right, yeah. I thought it was interesting just to go back a couple of steps and, you know, where we were a while ago and, yeah. and the hope that we had for a State Football Centre. It's there and it is actually the focus of all our football today. But that's, that's right. yeah. you know, and... Um, someone who's planning to make it the focus of international football in maybe the next 12 months is our next guest, Paul Lothorpe, who is with the AWFA, the Australian Walking Football Association, or the Association of Foot Walking Football Australia, sorry, wrong way around, and um, was involved in a trip to Kuala Lumpur or to Malaysia very recently. So good morning, Paul. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Sean and um, Pete. Thank you very much for inviting me along. No, no, thank you yeah. for being on. Now, a couple of weekends ago, you led an invasion of Malaysia. So <laughs> you want to talk about that? Um, yes. Um, it all started about three months ago uh, when I was contacted um, by the uh, the only team uh, that was currently registered in Malaysia uh, by a lady named Rachel uh, Gomez, which was N uh, 9 WFC, and um, she suggested um, or asked if I could arrange a team for a bit of a friendly. Uh, about half an hour later, um, after talking with her, uh, we came up with the Asia-Pacific Walking Football Cup, hmm. uh, which we agreed the first one would be held um, in Serenbam, uh, Malaysia, which is only about uh, 20, 30 minutes south of the airport, so very good, very convenient. Um, so we spent the next three months uh, ranging the teams. Uh, we had 28 players go, which was really mm. good for our first uh, international in dedicated walking football. And in what so age groups did, did those compete? Yep, um, the teams that went, the ladies were 40 years plus, and the guys were uh, two groups or two teams, 50 plus, and 60 plus 
I think our oldest player was 72. Yep. And our youngest was 42. Mm. So a very good, uh, a very good range, um, which was brilliant to see. Absolutely. No, look, and, and um, I suppose the other thing is we had players from predominantly from WA, but we also had some players come over from New South Wales. Yeah, we had three players from uh, just outside of Sydney uh, that play with uh, different teams as well. So we had a really good mixture. Uh, it meant, obviously, that we had some players that hadn't played uh, together at all, uh, but everybody quickly gelled, everybody got on uh, together really well. Um, we were treated fantastically uh, by the Malaysians. Not on the pitch, obviously, because it was a bit competitive. <laughs> yes. Uh, but they, they really pulled out all the stops to make us welcome. And it was really good to see. Absolutely. Now, um, the Asian Pacific Walking Cup was the, the very first of that particular competition. And I know that you've done a lot of work with um, not just Malaysia, but also with Singapore in cementing those relationships. But also, I think, as far as we understand, this is the first international fixture for walking football to be played within the AFC region. Uh, it is. Uh, it is. There have been, uh, obviously, other uh, walking football games, but this is dedicated walking, walking football. Um, so, yes, we're the first with that. Um, in the uh, Asia-Pacific region, um, Singapore were great. Um, they sent over a ladies' team, um, which was brilliant. So we, we ended up with uh, a total of four men's teams playing, and we played two round robins. We had four ladies' teams playing, um, where Malaysia were a little bit short on putting together two ladies' teams. So we had some of the Australians play with them, and we basically just named it an international team. Yeah. But everybody that went with us had the opportunity to play in the Australian kit, which was, uh, it looked really great. We we looked professional, but um, uh, we we had a brilliant time. Look, I, I can't fault the um, the Malaysian hospitality, particularly the, the N9 club, who once you entered into that, that um, converted factory, uh, made us feel very much at home, um, never had to worry about the water or have to worry about the food. Mm. Um, it was just laid on. Um, but also then in the last day, we played a exhibition game with a local Serenbam team, the Serenbam veterans, who, um, again, just took the, the hospitality to another level. Uh, it, it was brilliant. Everybody had a, a great time. I've had people coming to me uh, whilst there and whilst back and uh, messages coming through just saying thanks for organising everything, thanks for including me. Uh, it was wonderful. The guys from the Eastern States had played in a, a lot of competitions in the Eastern States. Mm -hmm. and they, they all praised uh, yeah, uh, how much fun it was. And yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't have asked for a better start to a, uh, to a new tournament. Now, you, you also um, had a number of agreements and MOUs with uh, Malaysia and Singapore around the ownership of the, the competition itself, but also some agreements about players um, who are travelling internationally. Yeah, that's all part of the Memorandum of Understanding. Um, so uh, myself and Richard Pavley um, signed that um, on behalf of the AWFA. Rachel 
uh, Gomez and Gopal Krishnan signed on behalf of the um, uh, N9 WFC. Mm. Uh, and that was all overseen by one of the local MPs, uh, Chaki Jean. And it formalises the, um, as you say, the, <laughs> the ownership of the uh, Asia Pacific Walking Football Cup uh, between um, N9 WFC and the AWFA, so that uh, jointly um, we can control it and uh, we, between us, can decide where it gets played, when it gets played. Mm -hmm. In in that agreement, as you said, um, if we have players that are on holidays uh, in Malaysia and there's a local tournament through the MOU, we've got the ability to put our players, uh, they will be welcomed to play in the uh, Malaysian team and also the other way around. So if mm. we're playing a, a comp here in Perth, um, any of their players that come over, they're more than welcome to join. We did do the memorandum of affiliation uh, with Singapore, which gives everybody there the same rights. The only difference is only the control um, of the cup is between um, Malaysia and ourselves here in Perth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now... Obviously, the, the whole point of having the first cup is that there's a second one. So the, the second competition um, will be held where? Well, we're holding it in Perth. We're in negotiations right. at the moment uh, between three different venues. So uh, um, hopefully we'll have that all sorted out uh, in the next week and a half to two weeks. Um, we'll also pin down a date because it's got to fall within some of the other com- uh, competitions that are happening around um, Australia. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the uh, yeah we will have that sorted out hopefully in the next couple of weeks, and then we'll start inviting um, others. So it's not going to be held just between the AWFA, Malaysia, and the team from uh, Singapore. We're going to go much further afield because it is the Asia Pacific region. Yeah. So we're uh, we're going to be aiming as far and wide um, as we can. So we're really hoping for a very big uh, competition next year and we'd expect year by year um, it will slowly grow so it's brilliant for I suppose that's the, the point football. is that we we grow the sport obviously a very yep. new sport and particularly internationally but it'd be nice to see sides from Indonesia New Zealand um, Cambodia whatever we can get you know um, to, to give that diversity but also from our, an Australian perspective, to have teams coming from the eastern states and you know just showcase the sport across the country. Now, AWFA is one of the bodies. I believe there's, um, I think, four nationally that are, are running or trying to run the sport. Is there? A, talk a bit about AWFA first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the AWFA. Um, I'm one of the founding members. We. Pretty much started in 2018. Um, unfortunately, COVID uh, slowed us down a bit, yeah. as it did with um, everybody. Um, we have players from just about every club um, in the uh, association. Uh, so we've got uh, you know, guys from uh, Ashfield, yourself being one of them, Safety Bay, Mandurah, uh, Port Kennedy, Scarborough, Madeline. Yeah. Florida, um, all over the place. So it's really good. It's really, but also a couple uh, from the eastern it, states. It, it's, it's, it's overall, yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We do have players in the uh, 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 associate players 
uh, in the eastern states, and obviously we are always looking for more. Uh, but uh, there's also the uh, Walking Foot Federation, sorry, Walking Football Federation um, of Australia, uh, which is based in the uh, eastern states. And so jointly, um, yeah, we just want to make everybody's life fun. Hmm. No, absolutely. Look, and I think, as you said, 2018, very new um, entity. Walking football in itself is in its infancy. Yeah. Um, just learning to walk. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's, well, I'm all for the puns today. Um, but the thing is yeah. that um, the the sport itself is very new, but it's it, um, from a number of aspects. A, for your physical health to be out walking is very good. Yep. For most of the guys that are involved in the competitions that I've been in, um, we're all 50-plus. Um, we've all played running football, some higher levels than others, but we the one connecting thing is football. And then, obviously, um, as we're getting older and our ability to run goes, this is great for your knees and joints. There's lots of rules, mm. no tackling from behind, no heading of the ball, which in current concussion uh, country is a, a good thing. But the the other benefits to this are not just the physical health. It's your mental health, your connection to other people, the um, the ability for us old war horses to, to enter into a field of battle that we've been well accomplished with over the years and, and to really test ourselves. And I know we, we, we have a lot of fun out there, but the, the games are still willing and, you know, we, we compete very well. But even then afterwards, we enjoy the camaraderie. And I suppose that was the, the whole thing for me with the trip that we had to put, you know, 40 people together from very diverse backgrounds to all get on so well as a group of people um, just and then add in another 40 from internationals that you know had very little English or, or no English to, to then compete in the same rules and the same conditions and the same camaraderie you think to yourself you know if we could get Putin playing walking football maybe we could solve a lot of problems. <laughs> Um, definitely. I mean, I've been self-employed for 30 years, so my Christmas parties have always been very small. Uh, but, yeah, now I've yeah, really I've, I've got at least 30 people uh, that I can call really good friends. And it, for me, just the, the mental side of things, other, other than being mental, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been great. But as you said, the... Um, well, it's not just, just that, Paul, is it? If you, if you don't mind me mentioning this, um, you yourself had a major health scare very recently, and I think one of the things that that's dragged you through that was not just the the sport itself, but the the associations that you made through that sport, and the fact that you're back playing at the same level you were before you got ill is a massive testament not just to yourself, but to the game and the people around you. Oh, definitely. The the care from the players was wonderful. But uh, yes, um, I had a stroke in uh, February and um, I couldn't lift my legs. Uh, my arm was um, uh, down at 50% and just the um, yeah, physical shape that I'm in. Not that it's great, but it's a lot better than if I wasn't playing football. Mm. And uh, the messages that I got from everybody, uh, but we've had guys that have had heart attacks, guys that have had knee replacements, hip replacements, uh, bad, bad, yeah. bad hips, uh, everything. Yeah. Uh, it's been really good. 
No, absolutely. Look, and I, I was playing with one of the guys in the 60s who um, halfway through the last game of the day goes, this is me done. I won't. I will not play again. I just want to go out there and enjoy as much of this as I can yeah. because um, obviously with his his knees and you know he's got a, a metal leg, a metal bar running from his knee to his ankle, um, yeah. and his, his leg is just completely messed up. He goes, but I am I am at peace with this being the very last game I play. I'm loving this, and and I think that's part of it. And and he'll still play socially, but he you know. I think it's it's one of those things. It's the, the wraparound. It's not just about the, the football. And I, I suppose the message out there to people listening is even if you're 40, 45 and you're not the, the fittest person in the world, but you love your football, go and talk to these clubs. Um, certainly Wanneroo, Curtin, Ashfield, um, Peel Region, there's, there's plenty of action down there. And go and get involved in one of these clubs. They, they will not turn you away. Um, walking football is, for me, reinvigorated my life. I was a, a victim of a, a snapped Achilles and just got too old for the game. So to do this again has just reinvigorated my life as a footballer because I, I still feel that I've got something to contribute. But, yeah. you know, for everybody out there that's, you know, thinking I, I can't run around in a big park, you can walk around on a small one. And, um, you know, it's out there. Reach out to the clubs locally. Um, if you, it, your local club doesn't do it, there'll be one nearby that does. Uh, exactly. And just because it's named walking football, it's not like walking around the shopping centre. Uh, we have guys that are very competitive. One thing that it does do that we found is it increases the ability to do direct passing to feet. Yep. So you can't lob it in front and hope that somebody's going to run onto it because there's no running. So just the, the technical side of it, and everybody that's played it, their skill level has jumped up a, a notch or two. It's It's been great. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, um, just the, the mental aspects of it, um, you can compete at the level that you, you can. And we last week we had the ladies join us on, on the Saturday morning. And again, that just kind of straightened everybody up a bit and got the walking more in, in check. But... The women competed extremely well because it is walking's a great leveller, mm. and, and when the game isn't about strength and speed, it becomes about the the technical ability. And I think it's um, yeah, look, it's it's a great version of the game. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, no, no, no arguments with that uh, <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. But everybody walks off the pitch smiling. Everybody shakes everybody's hands and yeah, you know, says uh, well done. Um, you say camaraderie is brilliant. Yeah, look, and and you can get to travel overseas. Obviously, with the um, AWFA, the the primary thing was the Walking World Cup, which the last couple of years has been held in Zurich. I think they're looking at a different venue for next year's competition. Um, but if you are interested in walking football and still want a a, a good trip over. Uh, internationally, that's certainly open to you um, through AWFA membership. But if all you want to do is just have a social kick around, get in touch with one of those local clubs. If you have a look on the, the website, there is the West Australian Walking Football site, which would give you your local uh, club to contact and uh, just get involved. Um, d definitely. I, I mean, basically now yeah. we have 30 new international football players. Yes, it's walking football, but 
but they are international football players, yeah. uh, and that's brilliant. Yeah, I know. I, I got bagged out for that the other night because I, I did a dodgy pass, and someone <laughs> said to me, "Oh, and you're an international." Uh, <laughs> but uh, look, it's great, and I said, I, and I did forget one club, Wanneroo, um, who had a number of players in in the competition. But Wanneroo's also got a very good, strong, and vibrant program. So, you know, if you're up in the northern suburbs and you're interested in playing walking football, please get get in touch with the boys. They'll make room and girls. They'll make room for you. So, um, for anyone out there, please get involved. Um, Paul, it's great what you've done with with that competition. Obviously, now moving forward for the the next twelve months, you you need people that can a step in. Well, obviously we're talking about venues, but b um, sponsorship. Um, there must be a room for a sponsor or two, and there must be room for people that want to get involved, and particularly around things like the hospitality industries, where we're going to have to look for once we get a venue. Uh, places for those players from international places to come and stay and then um, thinking on the hospitality side of it if there are clubs out there that wish to take and and uh, look after one of these teams for us as their um, sponsors you know it'd be great to see um, some of the bigger clubs around WA taking a team from Indonesia or, or Singapore and hosting them and looking after them for that tournament so I think the more people that get involved in this, the easier it is for you. Uh, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, to, to share the load would be uh, brilliant. Uh, there was a uh, there was a bit of stress um, arranging this first one, but we didn't have a great deal of time to do it. So uh, this next one, uh, held here in Perth. Yep. Uh, yes, we'll have more time. And yet the more that get involved, the easier it will be. The easier it will be, the more enjoyable it will be. And that's what we've got to do. Absolutely. Look, and we've just got to reach out to the footballing family. These these are the elder statesmen of the footballing family. Um, look after them as well. But um, a great thing to be able to put Perth in the centre of this Asian yeah. explosion of walking football. And uh, hopefully for the next 12 months, we are the focus. Yeah, well, so far there hadn't been a dedicated walking football competition in Australia. So we're still hoping that this one will be the first, and that just gives us a, a, yeah, a, a nice little mention. But yeah, to to host a, a true international and a football uh, game in Australia, particularly in Perth, obviously I'm a little bit biased. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be uh, brilliant for the for the game, and we'll get in everyone that we can from around uh, the country. So we don't expect just to have an uh, yeah a single. Uh, Australian team based on WA players. No. Um, yeah, we we can bring in ev- every state and bring in as much as we can uh, just as a celebration of the game. And, yeah, as you said, those that had basically given up. Yeah. I stopped playing when I was 45, which was uh, a couple of decades ago. Yeah. I never, thought, I never thought I would kick a ball again. No. And to then suddenly go, wow, yeah, I've got something that I'm doing. But on, but on two, that, Paul... Two nights a week is brilliant. But on that, Paul, we're also now looking at um, 50s men, 60s men and 70s men because most of our 50s side was 60. Most of our 60s side was <laughs> on the upper end of 60. And then I was a yeah. baby in that side at 62. And then um, a lot of them, as you said, we've got a guy who's who's 72. We've, we've got others that are 70, 71 and will be in their 70s by the time this competition comes around. So to have teams competing at 50, 60 and 70 is massive. And, you know, to think... 
that at 70 you can still be representing your country and playing football mm. is just just blows my mind um and it's just great for people of that age group to be interested and, and still playing you know uh, to me it's it's astounding what it does for your for your health and well-being and that's really what that drives the whole thing you know the the competition itself is is secondary to what it does for the individuals and the people competing. So uh, thank you for what you're doing in that area. Yeah, but as you said, I had uh, two players come and talk with me uh, last weekend uh, after we finished playing down at Floriot. And they're both in their 70s and asked if we're going to do a 70s. So I yep. said, yes, going to do what we can. Um, I've just had a telephone call from Queensland um, asking if they're going to put a 70s team in. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, we can uh, dance up the categories a, a little bit. And the other thing was for uh, for the ladies 50s, to have 60s, 70s. to uh, have the forties, but also uh, I don't know whether yeah. you're going to do a fifties or a sixties. But again, for the for the women, and I know myself as a you know as a sixty year old, the last thing I want to do is running around after a forty year old. So um, <laughs> you know, but I think it's it's good that the the sport is at a growth factor where we can now do that. And keep yeah. people involved because the, the whole point is you need to be competitive. And you know, yeah. a seventy-year-old is not competitive against a fifty-year-old. But again, um, or you can be, but then it becomes quite elite. And I think the fact that this is that we can just compete at our own level and enjoy the game is fantastic. So thank you for what you, you and what the AWFA do. Yeah, oh, it's uh, it's been a pleasure to. To work with everybody to involve as many people and um, as we possibly could yeah and yeah next year bigger brighter better all right mate well i'll be talking to you and the team throughout the year as we follow your progress towards that competition yeah no we'll uh, obviously keep in touch and um as as things develop um yeah we'll uh Shout out to uh, all the players out there that would like to be involved absolutely okay paul thank you very much for your time no, really, really appreciate it. Cheers, Sean. Thank Cheers, you. Pete. Cheers. Paul Lothorpe, AWA, uh, AWFA, and look, great, doing great work out there. Um, and look, great of him to share his his personal thing. I mean, yeah. yes, yeah. he was, you know, it was a shock to all of us when we heard he'd had a stroke. Um, he came down to the games and watched, and you could see it in his eyes. He wanted to be back, mm. and thank God he made it back and um, is very competitive as a goalkeeper. And you can tell it's a new-ish sport because when I try to find the link for the Australian Walking Football Association, I've got three or four different official associations. Yes. So what yeah. I've done is I've shared the link from Football West yeah. that lists the clubs. Absolutely. I, I hope that's still correct. It um, is. Ashfield on Monday nights. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, well, that One Roo right. Wednesdays. <coughs> One Roo Wednesdays. Curtain Tuesday. And, and I was also surprised how many there are out in the country as well. There's a yeah. Catanning, Geraldton, Albany, yes. Bunbury. So it's... Yeah, it's and, a, and the Peel region are, are very yeah. big, but they've also got a number of competitions that, that work for people that are available during the week yeah. on FIFO and other things. So oh, yeah. um, Terry Goddard does a wonderful job down there with, with that, and it's caters to all sorts of people. I see. see Peel's got one on a Friday at two in the afternoon. Yeah, so exactly. Obviously for the people that don't have jobs yeah. because they're retired. Or um, FIFOs. Or fi yeah, yeah. Mm. So there's lots of things going on. All right, so... Just to, to wrap up before we go, because Lenny's in here already championing a bit to get <laughs> the, the jazz on the air. Um, there's 
obviously the state league finals are on right the way up to 7 p.m. with the men's final uh, with the ladies final at 4:15 and the men's at seven. So plenty of football to be had throughout today. There's also the state league um, promotion relegation battles. Just have a look around, see where they are. And free entry at Sorrento. Glory, the family fun day tomorrow. Get out there yep. to the Fremantle Esplanade. Uh, it'll be a good day. Great opportunity to meet the players. And if you get a chance to chat to Stadge, uh, you'll find just how inspirational that man can be. And um, yeah, look, it's all looking rosy. Yeah, and if you if you want to sit on the couch and watch telly, you've got the uh, you got the cup matches today yes. and tomorrow. So Brisbane Raw versus Western Sydney tomorrow uh, today. Yep, and Sydney against Western United tomorrow. And then midweek we have the AFC competition. So if you want to see, a, unfortunately not the glory, but if you want to see an Australian side uh, representing the country against teams from elsewhere in Asia. Um, Melbourne City will be playing a Japanese side, Vent Foret Corfu. All right, Pete. That's All right. Yeah, there's plenty to be done. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, Pete's back with you next week. <laughs> this has been the World Football Programme. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.